Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, between the fact that pheasant season is now open and temperatures turned much more fall-like, including some greatly appreciated rain, fishing is definitely sitting deep in the back seat when it comes to outdoor activities. Some hardy anglers are still working East Bay and Maine Devil's Lake bridges with jigging wraps or jigs and slip bobbers, though. They're finding some walleye, but overall it's quiet. The same can be said for other mid-sized reservoirs and lakes, as well as most other smaller lakes across North Dakota. With Garrison Dam releases still below normal seasonal levels, the Missouri River tail race, downstream on the river itself, and into Lake Oahe continue experiencing low water conditions. Be careful at ramps with access becoming an issue in some locations. However, the tail race is producing a little salmon activity with better success in the early morning hours, especially around sunrise. Try jigging wraps, spoons, or crankbaits. Overall success is slowing, however. There again, use extreme caution on the tail race with those low garrison dam releases. There is still some catfish success from both boat and shore, however. Government Bay remains the best area for salmon on Lake Sakakawea, using spoons from shore, with the better success still on the west side of the dam. Overall success is still limited, though, and they're not around the usual bays yet on the west side of the dam. Generally, the east end and midsection is slow for walleye, and there aren't many anglers out either. Hunters are seeing some pheasants in areas with mixed to fair success, but it's early yet. Not all the birds are fully colored. Just like early waterfall season hunting, that species identification is hugely important. Speaking of waterfall, cranes were moving through parts of central and western North Dakota last weekend and early into the week. There's also a smattering of reports of some northern ducks, and perhaps some continuing cold weather will get things moving more. How long they stay, though, is questionable with poor wetland conditions in many traditional waterfall areas. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra. From Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. We are excited to welcome Mr. Blake Lawrence. Blake is a duck hunter, waterfowl hunter extraordinaire, very avid waterfowl hunter. We're going to talk some ducks. We're going to talk some geese. Blake, welcome to Gone Outdoors. 
Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's that time of the year, isn't it? I mean, uh, we look at, at Minnesota, we look at North Dakota. Our seasons have opened up here within the past week. Uh, we, we had some early teal in Minnesota. We had some early Canada goose here throughout the region. But uh, things are off full swing right now. Blake, I got to ask, were you out uh, shooting ducks last weekend? I was shooting ducks. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get uh, get some Canada's, got some specs. That was the, the wild card of the weekend. And uh, we, we sweat a little bit. It was extremely hot. It's been extremely hot all week. It touched 90 this week. I've lived here for about seven years in the, in North Dakota. And this is the hottest first week of waterfowl season I think I've ever had for, for, for regular season opener. Hey, Blake, you know what? You touched on something that grew, uh, caught my curiosity. And, and I was a pretty avid duck hunter in my younger years. The one thing I never had the opportunity to harvest was a speckle belly. Tell our listeners a little bit about why that was such a bonus when you were out last weekend. Well, it was a bonus for us mainly because I, I hunt the central part of the state. And speckle bellies, if, if, if very many people listen and hunt waterfowl and come to North Dakota or, or live here, uh, if you're like me, you live in Fargo, you hunt, you know, you hunt that side of the state and, and, and you know, you put on some miles and you go to the central part of the state, it's a wild card to even see a speck at any point in the season. And if you do, a lot of times they're a mile high and they're going south and you just heard them, you know, and you're like, oh, where are they at? You know, it's like an airplane. They're so high in the high in the sky. So you get out way further west or, or like west and not, it's a little bit more, probably wouldn't be as big of a wild card for those guys, but for, for me and the guys I'm talking about on my side of the state, we just don't see that many. It's the same with cranes, you know. You'll see a random crane here or there, but if you really want to shoot some of those birds, you got to go a lot further west. So that's a lot of miles. When you when you live in Fargo, that's a lot of miles you got to put on. Hey, Blake, you, uh, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about how hot it was last weekend. What does that do to the duck hunting? Do the do the hunters have to prepare any differently because of this hot weather? Is it going to change their patterns at all? I, from from scouting, and I, we have a few private spots that you know that we lock down that we have for the whole season. But just just I like to scout and stuff too. And if, if one of our properties is good, we hunt it. If not, we, you know we'll go hunt public or we'll go hunt something and get permission on it or hunt unposted. You know we'll hunt anything if it's good. You know and I don't know. I've seen a lot of different things happening. A lot of geese hit in the fields in the mornings, and then a two or three hundred bird feed in in the morning was like fifty in the evening. And a lot of guys are probably like me. They get they don't get to scout in the mornings. They got to scout after work, and, and and burn up some blacktop and some gravel before it gets dark. And you know, you're driving by a field that normally has three or four hundred in the morning. You drive by in the afternoon. You're like, well, there's forty birds there. I'm not going to hunt that. And little do you know that all week long they've been going in the mornings and not in the evenings kind of the same with the early goose hunting sometimes the even evenings are just not as good they just they go and they eat like crazy in the mornings and then you got 90 degree weather they're just like us they don't want to they don't want to overexert themselves and you know for no reason so they just kind of lounge around in the water i don't know if it necessarily changes my game plans i still uh and i'm sure a lot of people you know they have good spots and they typically go do that I like to hunt water early in the season. It just seems like it's more of a, a slam dunk for the ducks when you when you first come out. Field hunting for mallards, you know, you can go shoot them the first few weeks. I know a lot of people come here for that, but I've been on a lot of hunts with a lot of brown mallards flying around the first 45 minutes, and you're like, 
we want to shoot only drakes or we don't want to, you know, you don't want to shoot too many hens, obviously, but, you know, you struggle. You're like, good Lord, they're all brown. I don't know which one's which, you know, so if, if it's real hot, it seems like a lot of them ducks fly a lot harder that first 45 minutes, you know, and by the time you get to where you can, you know, if it's an overcast day, by the time you get where you can ID them good, it, it might be over. That's a really, really good point, Blake, and identification is a big part of waterfowl hunting. You need to know which species of duck, male, female, that you're you're shooting at so you don't over-harvest and so you can keep that conservation-minded approach. I know one thing for sure, when it's 90 degrees out and you've got some birds on the ground, you want to make darn sure you're not leaving them lay out in that 90-degree sun all day. You want to get them on ice, you want to get them taken care of, make sure that they don't spoil, and, and that's an important factor as well. So, uh Blake, we talk about duck hunting. You know, that's that's a pretty general, broad category. Um, you mentioned a little bit about the water hunting, field hunting. You've got, you got puddle ducks, you've got divers, you've got geese. This time of the year out in North Dakota, what can folks expect to see? And if you hunt on water, you're just going to get a mixed bag. I mean, we shot eight different species on Saturday and seven different species of ducks on Sunday. I, I personally, the first two weeks, like the you know, like to hit it hard on the water to try to cap. We don't have early kill season, so, but, you know, fishing games letting us shoot two extra blue wings, so it's hard to capitalize on that extra opportunity in a field, you know, uh, for the guys that are doing that. So I like to try to go after my eight ducks, and the easiest way to accomplish that is to hunt water. I kind of run a, a mixed decoy spread, a few divers here and there. I mean, we, we got some canvas backs, some redheads. I, I've seen some buffalo heads already. Uh, I haven't seen any bluebills yet or any golden eyes, but I'm sure somewhere, you know, the thousands of potholes and lakes we got across uh, North Dakota, I'm sure there's a few floating around. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of opportunities. You know, if you're a mallard purist, I would probably stick to the field hunting because that's probably your best opportunity. But if you like a mixed bag like me, uh, especially early in the season, then you know, don't shy away from the potholes and stuff like that. Don't don't break the cardinal sin that everybody. Uh, you know, the residents and people get to arguing about on forums and things like that of, of hunting a roost. You know, if you got, if it's just you and your buddy, there's no reason for you to go hunt a, you know, a lake with 10,000 birds on it just to, to shoot your 12 or, you know, shoot, you know, shoot your bonus birds. You know, there's plenty of potholes and, and things with 100, 200 birds on it everywhere that I'm driving around right now. You know, capitalize on those opportunities and you'll, you'll you probably won't make nobody mad along the way. That's always a good thing too, isn't it? Uh, Blake, what are you seeing out there with our drought conditions earlier in the summer? Are those potholes, uh, are they noticeably lower than they have been years past? Are some of them dry or what are you running into there? Oh man, it's, it's, it's horrible. I see a lot of people arguing on, you know, there's a lot of Facebook groups and things like that. And guys are like, oh, the North Dakota people, they just don't want us to come up here and hunt. I, I, I don't think that's the case. You know, I, I never try to steer people away, but I do think a lot of people, will come here thinking it's not as bad as we've been saying it is, and then they're going to get here and they're going to be a 110% shot. Out west and like the Bismarck and then like northwest in Minot and those areas, you got to think they were experiencing drought conditions last year, and then it got worse this year. So it's extremely bad out west and to the northwest. Central part of the state, yeah, there's definitely a lot of potholes that are dry. You know, if you had a little pothole that you liked hunting in that was, you know, weightable one two three foot deep it's probably more than likely they don't have any water in it now there is some potholes out there and they everybody that's hunting here knows oh that looks shallow and then you get out there and it's six foot deep well guess what that probably still has water in it same way for the lakes 
the thing is, is you got to think too. Yeah, there might be a big body of water in it, and yeah, it still has water. You know, the water's not gone, but there's 50, 60, 70, 80 yards of shoreline showing now from the cattails. It's like, so where exactly do you plan on hiding that? That's the biggest challenge, you know. And then blue blue green algae was never really a thing. I never really heard anybody talk about it. I know it's been a thing, you know, everywhere in certain conditions, but in the seven years living here, I never had to think, oh, can we hunt that or can we not hunt that? I hunt with a dog and it's just not as enjoyable for me unless my dog can go or unless my buddy's dog goes. That's part of the, the excitement and, you know, in waterfowl hunting for me is just watching a good dog do his thing, you know, and they get excited too. And I, I challenge everybody, you know, when you're scouting, look for those things too. You're looking at the bird, you get zoned in on the bird, you know, you're checking to make sure it's posted, not posted, following those rules, looking where you're going to hide. Well, look around the edges of that water too. If it's if it's nasty looking and it's a lot of algae floating around the edges, you might want to use more caution or might maybe even find a different spot. Some of the things we've done is is walking in like okay, it looks real bad in the stagnant areas right by the bank. We leash our dog up, you know, put him in the boat, or or maybe we're going to walk in and I leash him up until I get past that part and then I let him go. You know, you know how most people hunt with labs and I do too. You can find the nastiest mud hole out there, and, and, and if it's like my dog, he's definitely going to find it. If I don't want him to go in there, he's going to go in there. So Isn't... Use, use, a, use a little bit extra precaution there. So. That is so much uh, the truth, Blake. That is spot on. Uh, we're talking to Blake Lawrence here, uh, avid waterfall hunter. Blake, if folks want to reach out, if they got any other questions, I've certainly enjoyed visiting with you. Uh, do you mind sharing contact information or where people can find you? Yeah, you can look me up on Facebook. Somebody wants to give me a call, I text me, call me. I'll help you any way I can. It's 701-730-1338. I'll definitely help anybody I can. Use hunter etiquette. I know the if somebody beats you to another field, go find another spot. You know, it's not worth arguing over. Farmers are gracious enough that even if it's electronically posted or posted, a lot of these guys, they just want to know who's out there. They don't want you shooting their 160, 180 inch whitetail, but they really don't give a crap about the ducks or geese most of the time. That is so, so true. I would, I would definitely agree. Blake, uh, we're up against the clock. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.